This is the Evolution Exchange podcast, a channel that connects some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Andy. I help connect businesses with the best UX and UI freelance talent. And today I'm your host. We have a fantastic discussion today and some great guests lined up for us. Uh, the discussion is going to be around riding the wave of the unexpected. So obviously loads to talk about in that within the, the last couple of years uh, and everything that's going on now. So riding the wave of the unexpected and our guests today are Craig, who is a producer from People Can Fly. Bastian, who's a lead game designer from Massive Entertainment, which is a Ubisoft studio. Uh, we've got Sasha, who's a lead project manager at Wargaming, and Alex, who's an art director at Epic Games. Now, before we jump into the questions, obviously, we always go around the room and allow for some introductions. So, Craig, please could you kick us off and give us your introduction? I would love to, Andy. Um, so, I'm Craig McCarthy, um, and as Andy said, I'm a producer uh, based in the UK at the moment, but I'm actually working remotely. Uh, with the good people of People Can Fly. Uh, most of my team right now are based in Warsaw and other cities around Poland. And I've also got some other people as well working in North America at the minute that I uh, speak to regularly there too. Uh, my previous role uh, was a producer at Team 17, uh, where I mainly worked in external production, facilitating games label partners and helping them shift their games. Um, during my two years there, I worked on around 10 games or so uh, with varying scope, cultures and team sizes which is pretty cool. Uh, in a past life, before that, I worked for seven years um, around the Liverpool area in the UK uh, for a tech startup where we created um, a software as a service uh, workflow management tool, uh, a bit of automation in there as well for businesses called Swiftcase. Um, and I was privileged to have the opportunity to do a little bit of everything during that experience in software and web which translated very nicely to the games <laughs> industry as a result. Um, so I'm here today because I love a chat with good company. Um, I'm feeling pretty good uh, about sharing some tales of the unexpected. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much, Craig. That's great. Uh, we'll head to Sebastian. Sebastian, please, could you give us your intro? Absolutely. So hi, everyone. My name is Sebastian Winsinski. Uh, I'm currently, as you mentioned, with Massive Entertainment. I'm working on the Avatar game that we're making over here I'm, as a lead game designer, basically. And for myself, my career is like, I've been with Ubisoft actually all my career. So um, I took a lot of advantage of the global network they have there with the studios across the globe. Um, started back then at Blue Byte, which is today Ubisoft Dusseldorf. Worked on a couple of browser games, first as a producer, and then very, very quickly I got to swap or change into the role that I really like, which is like very design-centered, worked on browser games there. Um, and then I briefly moved to Ubisoft Minds to work on another project, Skull and Bones, and got very quickly after signing there the chance to move up to the lead studio. So basically the studio that headed this whole project up, which is in Singapore, where I spent three and a half years, which was like an awesome experience personally, but also professionally. Grew and learned a lot during that time, I felt. And that brought me then eventually here to beautiful Malmö in the south of Sweden, working now at Massive. Uh, yeah, and that's basically me. Perfect. Thank you very much. And I just add that I'm very much uh, looking forward to the Avatar game when it comes out. <laughs> and uh, Sasha, can we come to you for the introduction? Hi, everyone. Nice to see you and hear you. Uh, my name is Sasha Kruzenka. I'm a lead project manager and outsourcing manager in Wargaming. I'm responsible for the art team of around 20 people. Uh, from different cultural backgrounds, we work remotely in different locations, around seven, seven different locations. And um, as project was scaling, I took care about collaboration with source partners. And also, I think it's worth to mention that some people know me, or not only like Sasha, but Alexandra, uh, taking, taking account my cultural background. Um, I have a full name, Alexandra, and a short name of Sasha. So you can call me both. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. And lastly, Alex, please can we come to you for your introduction? Um, hello, everybody. I'm Alex. Uh, I currently work for Epic Games, uh, working on Fall Guys. Um, and it's it's funny to see uh, the, the crazy growth because when, when I came and joined the studio and we started working on Fall Guys, the team was around 30 people. And um, now this is more than tenfold. And it's crazy to see how uh, a cute idea can grow into something so big. So uh, very happy and very proud of that. Um, I think I'm here because in the 80s, my dad decided to get a C64 computer. And um, I was not impressed at first, but then 
uh, friends came over and their son had like a whole shoebox of pirated games and that's it. <laughs> I fell under the spell of video games. Um, ever since I've worked in different companies, I've, I've worked for browser games, mobile games, also big titles, uh, AAA, Star Wars, um, all of that until now I'm I'm the guy responsible for designing funny beans jumping around in circuits. Perfect. Thank you very much to, to Alex and everyone there for your introduction. So we'll go straight into it then. So the topic is riding the wave of the unexpected. We've got loads of great questions um, to get through. So let's start. Craig, please, could you kick us off then? Yeah, sure thing, Andy. I think uh, my topic is actually quite loose and quite open, really, team. And I'm interested in everyone's experiences with this, because even though I guess we all had quite unique experiences. I think one of the biggest waves we've all had to ride over the past two or three years has been dealing with the global pandemic. And that really hit us in early 2020. Now, to kick this discussion off, I want to give you a little bit of background on, on, on what I went through during this period. And I mentioned uh, my entry into the games industry during the introduction through Team 17. I had the uh, wild experience of joining the games industry in December 2019, just before oh, the pandemic kicked off, of course. Uh, so I was in the, I, I moved from Liverpool uh, to the Leeds area, which is where uh, Team 17 at the time, I think we already had the one office or the two offices, um, but it was mainly based in the Wakefield area. So packed up, left Liverpool, left my old job where I was feeling quite comfortable to go on this wild journey. And of course, within my probation period, we managed to move everyone out of the office, didn't we? Uh, to work it from home and, and things like that. So yeah, I, I found that entire experience, like I'm pretty sure we all did, very surreal, um, incredibly chaotic in some respects because just look at what was happening across every business but i think there were so many scenarios that happened during that time that really opened my eyes to this topic as a whole this riding the wave of the unexpected and you know i think what i learned from it more than anything was that we're kind of it feels like we're kind of living in a world now where anything goes and i think going through that experience uh, me and my partner actually she started a job um, in march 2020 outside the games industry and she she'd been accepted the month before and she was saying to me craig all this pandemic stuff and about you coming home and working from home that's not going to affect everyone else like you know they're not going to let that happen the work won't work never stops does it you know <laughs> that's ludicrous that's ludicrous and it made me laugh so much where she went into the office for the first day and got sent home with a laptop and she was like craig you were right you know um but I think, I think seeing that level of chaos in business in general and seeing the disruption, seeing basically a huge amount of people being sent home into environments that wasn't necessarily suitable for their work. You know, there was all sorts of family, you know, friends, kind of worldwide considerations, health, you know, concerns and things like that. There was just so much there going on at one time it felt like to me it's quite difficult to focus on the work in some respects because the world was just going so chaotic and so wild um so for me that experience made me deal with issues a lot better i think afterwards because it feels to me like anything can happen and if anything can happen um, and as a producer, I guess, you've always got to kind of have a plan B and a plan C. Um, but I think knowing I don't have control over these things helped me deal with a lot more of the issues that crop up in my day-to-day -day, uh, work mm. and things like that. But I'd love to hear a little bit about your experiences, gang. Like, how, what did it look like on your side when this all kicked off, I guess? Yeah, so it's a really good question around... The, the beginning bit the beginning period of like when everything just sort of changed how did you all deal with those exact experiences Sha uh, Sasha I'm quite interested to hear from you because am I right in saying that wargaming was already fully remote and spread out across anyway so people would already have been used to working from home and working remotely so maybe they were more used to it. I don't know, is that right? It's right and not completely right. So as a big company, we're going to have offices all around the world and the teams could be connected to each other, working from, I don't know, Berlin and Prague office to collaborate. And we had already system to collaborate and to work with each other. But I totally agree with Craig that uh, some moments when in the beginning of pandemic, it was unexpected change. We was working in the office, we had our tools and we had our collaboration um, 
experience between the different offices, but still we was working in the office uh, space. So um, for myself, I, and maybe on my individual uh, level, I can say that a very important and the retrospective uh, takeaway which I can take from this situation that it's very important to take um, the, to accept the reality, the basically to understand that it's happened. Because in my memory, the first news about uh, pandemic, about the COVID virus was happened in the end of 2019, in December, November, and nobody took it pretty serious, to be honest, I, as I remember in, in Europe, for example. Everyone said that, oh yes, it's something dangerous, it's something dangerous, but not here. And it, it took months uh, to understand that it's coming here and to accept this reality. As a project manager, as a manager, of course, um, it's super important to have the plan A, plan B, and plan C, and accept this reality, not just thinking about the plan, but to be prepared. And um, my personal level as well, my personal experience, I didn't have a home office at home previously. And it was pretty stressful to call to work from home, um, not only for me, for all teammates. And of course, it was um, changing in velocity of the teammates, but I believe that it just, um, we just all need time. We just need all need time to accept this reality, to go through the new changes, and step by step set up the new um, set up the new events, set up the new uh, communication tools, and our productivity will grow. And what we saw after the several months already working from home, some of the guys and even my team already don't want to come back to the office. Even it's possible, <laughs> they found that working from office is extremely important and um, helpful for them. To be together with the, with the family, uh, with the kids. So things change, and very important to take passion and empathy to, to these changes. Absolutely, and also great points. And uh, Bastin, what was uh, your experience at the, the sort of start of the pandemic when things started to change? Oh my God, I don't actually know where to start talking about <laughs> this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I um, so I actually remember that moment quite well um, because so we were in an office building. So for context, right? So we were location-based in Massive. So there was 100% work from the studio um, because of NDA reasons and such, for example. Um, and of course we had CodeF studios in other parts of the world. So there was some remote work, but here at Massive, we would be used to work location-based. And we were also in the process of moving into a new office space um, that has been like uh, like renovated. There was a lot, put a lot of love into this, right? Into making this like our new home. And so we were starting to get like these cardboard boxes to prepare the move. And that was the moment when the pandemic broke out. And I remember that for us, like it was like immediately clear to everyone that, okay, we need to make sure that everyone is okay, that everyone is like taken out of danger, that we focus on on health, that we make sure that people are okay. Um, and so all of a the sudden they came this mail and we was like, hey, look, we're starting to understand what this disease is and, and we don't know really, but we want to make sure that you're safe. So everyone who has like one of those conditions that are mentioned from, from the Ministry of Health, we, we would ask you to go and, and work from home. So and I had um, a couple of team members who were affected and they came up to me, they talked to me and we're like, of course, we'll make this happen. But I was like, okay, I don't even know, practically speaking, how we're going to work, but I guess we'll figure it out. And then a day later, I realized that I'm also in one of those risk groups. And I went up to my manager and said, hey, look, uh, for me, it was like some sort of very mild asthma. I was like, I mean, this, should I be here or not? I don't know. And we were all very confused. But then someone said, hey, okay, you can also go home. And so it was so weird because I remember being at my desk and I packed my card box already so someone else can bring it to the new office building. And I like it felt weird like I was marching out of the office and said goodbye to everyone because we didn't really know at that point okay when's the next time you're gonna meet in person again so I I felt like that was very memorable for me um but so when I move away from this like very initial moment when it actually like really personally hit me I felt like there there were like of course challenges with this right like you, you touched upon a couple of things already um, both practical but then also mental challenges I think right mm. Practical for us was like, okay, a crack you mentioned it was like, do people have a, a space they can work in, right? It's like all of a sudden, like, like you have to work in a studio apartment where both people, maybe in a couple, they, they need to work from the same room or you have kids or a dog that sits, uh, that sits on your chair, right? Maybe <laughs> and takes up half the space um, or um, you have like all of a sudden no idea how to collaborate because the way you used to collaborate is not working anymore virtually. Like in design, right, we would just often go in a meeting room, sketch up a couple of things on a whiteboard or 
we'd review the game. We sit in front of a computer and we play and play it again. And we pointed things at the screen and all of a sudden we were like, okay, how to do that, right? And these were like the, the first and foremost challenges that we encountered. But then after a while, it sneaks up on you that there's a lot of like mental challenges as well that people deal with, right? I mean... Craig, you mentioned you uh, you basically joined a new company. Like we had people joining us as well. And then they, for a long time, they never met anyone. Just virtually they met, right? And you move countries and you move to a country where you don't know anyone. You have no social, social circle. You have no friends and you can't go out. So what do you do, right? So I felt these were things that became very obvious. And yeah, we also had this thing where um, at some point, like... Um, the studio allowed us to come back, especially people that feel like, hey, I, I feel better when I'm with other people. Like, I just can't stand be be home all the time. Mm. So, yeah. So, that was, like, impactful, definitely. Alex, I'm interested in hearing about your experience as well, but also on the back of what Craig said around, you know, we went through the pandemic and went through all them challenges. Now it feels as though you're sort of ready for anything. You can expect, <laughs> or you not expect it, but you can deal with it, whatever happens. Do you feel the same in that regard? Like, you know, you can handle anything that comes at you now because you were able to manage your way through the pandemic after your experience as well? Well, um, I will say what the pandemic did to everybody is um, it's forced us to learn a lot of new things. And uh, it kind of like induced a, a total dogma change to the entire industry. Um, and what I mean by that is that Pre-pandemic times, when people requested working from home, we, we did it partially, but oftentimes people would just say, oh yeah, he's working, quote unquote, from home, aka binging Netflix, you know? That <laughs> um, was kind of like the, the, the subtext always, that working from home was kind of like a sneaky way of extending your free time. Um, and I, I believe now that everybody got forced to work from home and uh, realizing, okay, wow, we actually can be very productive and we can release big features or entire games from our own home offices um, was a big realization that there's no need to control everybody's move and to control what everybody's doing in a studio or office setup. I mean, I've seen all the horror stories on, on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever of like bosses come like installing heat bloggers or the, the webcam has to be on all the time so people can see that they're actually working. So all those crazy controlling mechanisms are trying to compensate for not for people not being able to be in the office. That's terrible. So um, I think, um, of course, as a company, you need a lot of trust with your team, but that's a given. If you, if you make games, you need to trust your team. Um, and things, you have to have a very diverse look on things, in my opinion. Um, there's a group of people that suffer being in home office because they, they need the exchange, they need the permanent communication or the, the sense of being part of an actual group, like, physically being in an office and there's also tons of people that love being at a home office so finally having time to focus um having time to work on tasks for prolonged amounts of time so without being disrupted um and it's also a money thing uh, i have people on my team that say thousands literally for not for not having the need to commute to the office um and that's a big plus to be honest so um i'm, I'm having a hard time to say okay the pandemic was really bad oh the pandemic was really good so um it's certainly unlocked a new layer, how you can manage teams and a studio, but um, you can't just paint it black and white. I think overall, um, we try to be, we try to cater to all the needs as, as good as we could. Uh, everybody got a budget for like ergonomic chairs, tables, a proper setup, uh, making sure that people have good internet connections, um, making sure that you have a basic setup how to how, with a microphone, a light, et cetera, making sure we can at least communicate. And um, I'm very happy to see that um, nobody really exploited the system. Everybody tried to adapt. And uh, kind of like to what Bastian said, there's some challenges that are hard to solve. If you have those people, especially in expensive cities like London, you know, you have like roommate situations where there's like four people working in the same room, maybe even for different companies. You know, how do you discuss secret features of the next Fall Guys release or whatever? Um, and yeah, a couple of challenges here and um, still finding for solutions, looking for solutions for those. <laughs> Craig, to, to come back uh, to you, obviously, it was your question. Um, just thoughts and, and comments off the back of what everyone said there before. It, it leads quite nicely this into, into Bastian's question, but just want to come back to you first. Well, yeah, and I think I think I think we're all aligned really in that that it's it's shades of grey, isn't it? All of this, I feel like it's you know it was a, a very traumatic experience for a lot of people in the world, um, 
but ultimately here we are at the end of it kind of thing with these new skills a whole new world and and i guess in, in some respects it, it can be quite exciting trying to navigate through this and and solve some of these issues to ensure that we're back on track and we can create games in the way that we want to um and i really like that point as well about a kind of diversity and inclusion point of view and um, because i think that's one thing that this working from home scenario and this hybrid approach has really provided um, a lot of people now is suddenly there's a lot more opportunities to get more people involved that maybe didn't necessarily have all the uh, tools beforehand to do that um so yeah and actually on that note just as a one last topic on me one of the things i love the most about it, it, it is just seeing people's pets a lot more and seeing <laughs> the ludicrous variety in the pets there was one point where there was a chicken on the desk in someone's <laughs> video like, what what that brought me a little bit of joy at least you know bastin did you want to just pick up on something craig said there not the bit about the chicken but <laughs> the bit about, <laughs> about something before no i actually wanted to also pick up on on um the point about diversity that alex made because I, so I felt like I, this was one of those things that I learned and that I felt many of my colleagues learned as well, right? Because you, in order to, to make this work all of a sudden, right? You need to understand a lot more context about all of your colleagues. Before there was no need if you just work in the space because you just co go to that space and you work together and then everyone goes home again, right? But all of a sudden you, you also need to factor in all those things that, that someone maybe has as a challenge or maybe also as um, as a thing that boosts their productivity or that that makes them feel motivated right it's like some people feel motivated being home mm. or like they feel more focused right and i think that was very interesting so it kind of diversified a bit the look also on your colleagues that that you would gain right i, I found out a lot about myself as well yeah well just carry on there bastian do you want to um tie that into your question obviously because it, it relates you know quite a bit to what you're going to talk about and how do you plan with unexpected changes and you know what do you do to deal with it so go on i'll let you ask it and in, uh, in your way and, and carry on with what you were saying yeah yeah okay let's uh, let's take it just from here then so um when I heard first about the topic, riding the wave of the unexpected, I mean, the first thing that came to mind is that, that this has to do with us somehow needing to deal with change, right? Because when something unexpected happens, it often has to do with just like something unplanned happens and it's about change you need to deal with. And I mean, I, I don't think it always has to be to the scale of a pandemic, right? It's like the, that's obviously a prime example that we can probably talk or could talk several sessions about. But I'm also thinking like if, if you're in a in an industry that works project-based in a creative industry, um, there's a lot of changes happening on many, many levels, right? It can be on a personal level, it can be on a team level, it can be on a project level, even on a company level, right? Where sometimes you have these well-made plans and then there's a disruption coming right, that you didn't foresee, right? So it, it can really depend, right? It's like, I don't know, you work for a big company, there's a shareholder meeting, the strategy of the company changes, for example, or I don't know, someone creatively makes a change to the project, but it affects the work that you've been doing up until that point a lot, right? And what I'm wondering, so that's my question to you, how do you deal with this as leaders, right? It's like when you work with people and you maybe head up a team, right? What are your tools to deal with that when working with your team? But then of course related, how do you deal with that personally, right? Because that affects also all of us, at least me personally, if I need to deal somehow with that. Mm -hmm. yep. Great question. Curious to right. hear what you think. Yeah, great question. Uh, Sasha, let, let's come to you. Interested to hear what you've got to say on this. Yeah, it's a really, really interesting question. And um, I found one quote, which is pretty common, and we all heard it so many times when we sit on the plane. Um, take the oxygen mask on your first, and then to the partner near you or to the children, even if it's like a small children. So it could sound super selfish that you need to help yourself first, and then you can be helpful to another person. And it's related to your work as a manager as well. And I found it for myself, because my personal experience beginning of this year, because of my cultural background, because of my um, belongings to the summer part of the world. I from Belarus, and um, yeah, the beginning of the year was extremely stressful for me. And as a person, as individual, as a manager, 
I understood at that moment that I need a break. I need to take a time. I need to understand what I can do for myself first to help all others in my team who was also affected to the some changes and unexpected changes in the world. So yeah, just this quote is my favorite now, and I extremely uh, recommend it to all employees as well to take the time to take a break. To feel, uh, to think about yourself and your family first, then we can work and then we can come back to productivity. So yeah, maybe this is like main answer from my side in this session. I really like that. So it's a great answer, Alex. Uh, what about yourself? I do unmute myself first. <laughs> um, I don't know if "tool" is the right word here. Um, I would say in in the scenario you're describing, Bastian, I think it's more about. Um, empathy and kindness and um, just taking your team seriously in a way that you allow them to communicate with you in a frank and transparent way. Um, oftentimes in, in big companies or bigger companies, um, you have this very, I don't know, it's, it's this, this corporate America language where uh, everything is super smooth and super professional, um, which sometimes doesn't cater to the actual needs of the people that come from a global background. So um, when unexpected changes hit us, um, and let's say the pandemic or other challenges within the team, um, I always communicated to the team that um, there are several channels for them to communicate with me and to ask me questions, um, even down to a level where it's possible for team members to ask me anonymous questions. Uh, and, and I have no way of tracing back who asked those questions. Um, some of them can be salty, which is totally fine, and uh, I, I expect that. But I think it's important to always find what is the right channel for, for each individual person. Um, this can be a conversation, this can be an anonymous text message, this can be some um, town hall, open conversation style event. So um, I think once you communicate to the team that transparency is the most important thing while communicating to them, and also just allowing yourself that you don't need to be the guy with all the answers, um, that makes life a lot more easier. And I found in the past that um, if I put myself in a position of like, hey, uh, at this current day, I don't know what the solution to this is. Uh, let's have a conversation about it. This is what helped a lot, to be honest. Um, I agree that as a leader, um, your, your performance is measured upon the quality of your decisions. But sometimes, um, it's hard to decide without really first looking onto what's what's the mood within the team. And that's why I put my emphasis. Um, the tools are diverse. It's Slack tools, it's DMing tools. It's, uh, but I think the biggest tools here is your, your empathy and your brain. Great points. Uh, Craig, what, what are your uh, thoughts on this? These are amazing points. And uh, I particularly liked Sasha's opening point about the uh, kind of, you know, treating yourself with kindness kind of thing, you know, is remembering, I, I love that analogy actually about the mask. Um, from my side, um, I think as a producer, I'm working very, very closely with the people on the ground on, on projects that I'm working with right now. And I feel like it's not always the case um, in, in the, the way that the job is necessarily advertised, but I feel like it's kind of my duty as a producer just to ensure I am being that support uh, pillar for members of my team. And, and very much being very open-minded and often, you know, a shoulder to cry on during times when, you know, when they're rough and things like that. And I think taking that empathetic first approach, people, not resources, you know, that that is a really key tool that I, I can use as a producer to help uh, my team navigate through unexpected change. Um, but outside of that, we spoke a lot about the people thing there. From a technical point of view, um, obviously in my role, I usually get hit with those last minute requests, the uh, wild marketing ideas, the uh, you know community feedback, everything you can think of, I guess, when it comes to the wonderful world of game development. Um, and I guess a few tools that I've got from my perspective is I, I use something called a scope definition document for um, handling things on, on the titles that I'm working with. I think uh, it used to be affectionately referred to as the Craigslist of Team 17 at one point. <laughs> um, but it's that idea of, as a producer, I'm constantly looking at the project management triangle and they are my tools that I can use to help make decisions on projects, looking at scope, looking at cost, looking at time and finding that middle ground to get the quality overall of the title that we're trying to work on and also ensuring that the vision isn't compromised 
um, you know, because I think ultimately if we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, it's problem solved, isn't it, at the end of the day. Um, other, and one last comment on this is I think one very, very simple thing that we could use, a very simple tool, is asking why sometimes. So sometimes just understanding the context of a change, no matter how big that is, helps us as leaders sell that idea to our teams and ensure that their contexts are also being taken care of as well. Yeah, just a few thoughts. No, some really good points as well on top of uh, Sasha's and Alex. Uh, Bastian, come back to you after obviously hearing a little bit about that. Is any of those, you know, sort of new things that you didn't, you know, expect or haven't heard before or what are also your experiences as well? Yeah, so, I mean, thanks for sharing all of this. Um, I actually love how people actually think about these um, situations as well and maybe how they approach these. Sasha, I also love that metaphor. I have to admit you stole a bit my thunder because I, I was like, oh, maybe I can squeeze that in somewhere else. <laughs> because I, I really do think like, like, I mean, that's one of the things that, um, that I also find is vital. Like you need to make sure also that you are okay because if you're okay, then you can actually do things, right? As long as you're okay, you can react, you can help, you can support, right? Um, as long as, as that's the case, um, I think uh, that enables you or puts you even in a position to do your job, right? Um, I love the Craigslist. I would mm -hmm. actually like that. That triggers me because I actually want to want to almost hear more about it. But yeah, personally, I I oftentimes like I find that like it starts on that personal level also that that Alex was speaking a bit about, right? It's like I, I feel like there's a lot a lot of like what I learned over the past I don't know years working in that job is a bit like okay, it's always good to give room to acknowledge the change, right? Like sometimes it's venting, sometimes it's discussing it and understanding why, giving context to to why why right? Because people react also different to change. Some people feel stressed about it. Some people are excited about some uh, some change when we're not talking about like a, let's say a, a global pandemic but maybe a change to an aspect of the game right and i think that links nicely to, to also the idea of like in, i think a lot of times in change there's also maybe some opportunity to find something positive in it right so it all of a sudden opens up this opportunity space and if you actually can manage to also like like for me it always gets easier when i when i then at some point move move past whatever needs to be changed and focus on this because there's opportunity sometimes in there. And that's, that's also grand, I feel. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a bit how, how I, how I started to view this over, <clears throat> over the years. <laughs> no, it's a really good, uh, really good question. So thank you very much. And all the answers as well. A lot of insight uh, there as well. Uh, but we'll move it on um, to our to a, we're sort of past halfway. We'll move it on to Sasha to the third question of the day. And Sasha, I know this question comes from a lot of your own personal experience as well, because we, we've spoke about it over the last uh, you know like year or so, and, and your experiences. So interested to hear everyone's opinions on this. So Sasha, take it away. Yeah, my question is um, not only about pandemic. About pandemic, we also heard from the news that recently in a couple of last years we bombarded from the different kind of news which is sometimes touch ourselves our like an individual levels our families our friends our teammates and this definitely grow the level of stress and it's um, it's influence our productivity it's influence productivity of our teammates and basically how you um, work with this level of stress how you can help your teammates what what you can use as a manager to reduce this level of stress. Mm. That's a really good point. And I know, obviously, Sasha, with uh, with Wargaming and Craig, probably yourself, obviously, working with people in Poland, with given the, the situation and, and what's going on with Ukraine, it's a, a massive thing that you wouldn't have ever thought would have happened, like last year, coming out of a pandemic, and then this happens. Uh, so it adds a lot of stress. So And then there's stress in the job, just in general. So, you know, things change all the time. Craig, what are your your thoughts on, on, on this at the minute, then? This this is a really interesting and, and, and quite a touching topic to me, really, because like, like you just mentioned there, Andy, um, I think working at People Can Fly over the past year or so now, um, I've got to, yeah, I've actually managed to go over to the office in uh, Warsaw a few times and so on. But we, we work and collaborate a lot with uh, people who have been massively affected by things that have happened this year. And in fact, there was a scenario um earlier this year where i was i was working with a feature owner um on one of my teams and and he was ukrainian a really amazing guy uh, but he had to leave the team as a result and, and i must admit it probably hit me a lot harder than i ever thought it would um because unlike the pandemic in some respects where i feel like i know some people have got 
uh, much more difficult situations and some people have maybe, you know, can adapt to it a little bit easier, but it felt like I was truly powerless to help um, people who I truly cared about and, and, and you know, come to respect and, and really adore working with. Um, and I know during this period as well, there was a situation uh, with a team I was working with, a Team 17, a Ukrainian studio who were shipping a game during that period. And, but they might, like, what was astonishing to me, to be honest, was that they managed to get it out um, on time and everything, which was really inspiring uh, to me, actually, in some respects. Um, but I think this opens a, a, another cool topic here, which is um, PCF at the time um, actually offered us, um, uh, they called it the mental path. It was um, a therapy sessions, actually, um, to, to help deal with this a little bit. And I, and I took them up on that offer. And that certainly helped considerably. Um, and I know from my perspective, just checking in uh, with these people, I, I continued to communicate with the guy who left afterwards. And, and I think to go to the kind of sessions and just to touch on something that I discussed in one of those therapy sessions, um, I'm someone who really loves empathy and, you know, empathy first when it comes to dealing with people. Um, but they did tell me like, you know, maybe taking a bit of a step back at times and using more compassion rather than empathy in cases like this, you know, is 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 the better option for my own mental health um, in this case, because there's only so much I can do with the power that I've got. And I think that goes back to like what you mentioned much earlier, Sasha, about kind of looking after yourself as well. To be a help to other people, you, you need to be firing on all cylinders kind of thing. So so that was definitely a learning experience for me. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what others think. Yeah. Uh, Alex, let's let's come to you. Yeah, I think um, this definitely opens up the discussion uh, around a big topic regarding mental health. Um, I think all the changes, uh, the war on Ukraine, the pandemic, financial crisis, every day there's there's another shitty thing happening. You know, so it's it's a lot to take in, and you need to stay focused because our work is uh, hyper complex. We're making games. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard. <laughs> and um, I think what's important as leaders is to, um, to get some money clearance and to enable people to access offers for mental health, mental health support. Because uh, I think us as leaders, uh, we can only do so much. We know how to, I know how to push pixels around, you know, that's what I'm, I'm trained at. Uh, I try to be as kind and as empathetic as possible, obviously, and to lead um, as an exemplary employee, but I'm not a trained counselor. So um, enabling people to access those means is crucially, and it's very important. Um, and this can start with small bits, um, maybe even showing people what they can do from, from home. Um, there's this free website, Big White Wall, for example, uh, which offers a starting point where you can talk about your mental health problems. It's anonymous and it helps you. Um, but I think it's important to seek um, corporations with mental health providers. Um, and yes, this will cost your company some money, um, but it will give people sessions with professional trained counselors to talk about stuff because um, it's really hard sitting at home, seeing all the, the crazy stuff happening around your house, really, uh, dealing with all of that. Um, another big topic is that people struggle dealing with uh, FOMO because you 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 don't have the water cooler tank anymore. You you just you're sitting at home. You talk on Slack, but it's not the same as if you were in the office talking to other people while having a tea in the kitchen. So um, I think putting extra emphasis and extra care around mental health, and also reminding people that it's okay to take off if you have a bad mental health day. Not only if you have a broken leg, it's the same validity. Um, I think it's really important to install this culture of mental health support. Uh, in our teams, we have over 30 uh, professionally trained mental health champions. So the, the team is sufficient and can support each other. And again, this, this costs some money and you have to send people to do all those courses and lectures. But during those times we, we're going through right now, I think it's crucial. That's a really good point. Um, I really like that example. Bastian, let's uh, let's come to you. I yeah, I can just kind of preach to the choir at this stage a bit. Because, um, <laughs> no, no, I feel like these are like super valid points. I like I had two rights. Like I, I feel like the um, the key things that I want to say is like for me is like if someone feels like very stressed by whatever it is, right? It's, like it can have various sources. It feels like okay, you, something is out of balance, right? And and I feel like what we could try to do is we can try to like even the scales a tiny bit. 
Like, is there anything that you can do to maybe distract someone from that stress? Is the source of your stress maybe not something outside work, but it is work? right? Can you sit down and do something with your team to address this, right? So like I, I mean, it's maybe a less impactful example, but of course, like we have, like we, you ship a milestone, right? You have a stressful milestone. Okay. You know, people come, they talk to you, they say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm just drowning. I don't know what to do. So we said, hey, okay, for this time of this milestone, let's sit down and talk um, and let's have a coffee 45 minutes and let's talk how we can actually manage our time better so we can be more efficient and thus less stressful. And I feel like that's something that I can maybe help with. But then you said, Alex, it's also this, right? It's like, know your limits because yeah, I'm not the trained counselor. So it's really hard at a certain point when you feel like someone is really struggling with something to, to actually be there and try to put this on yourself to solve this because it might not be solvable. Um, and I think that that's also a realization that I uh, that I mostly had during the pandemic and that I felt like people around me also had more and more. We're like, hey, look, okay, let's be honest with each other. We can be passionate about things and we can show compassion to people, but it's at some point we need to actually employ external resources to help, right? Or give people pointers at, at what they could maybe also do themselves. Mm. Um, because otherwise, like, I feel like you bring yourself in a situation where you set yourself up for failure and that, that can weigh also on someone, right? Because you feel responsible for the people around you that you interact with and that it actually takes a toll on your mental health as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sasha, to come back to you, um, have you got any, you know, examples or, or bits of advice where, which you can offer as to how you've have helped manage a team through, you know, obviously high, highly stressful situations? Yeah, sure. I totally agree with Ali that stress is basically a mental statement. And of course, I'm not a therapist. I cannot help with a professional help as a therapist in these situations. But uh, for example, in Bargaming, we have a global well-being program and this well-being program provides such help. And as a manager, I can give the recommendation or give the link just just to emphasize we have this tool, just use it. Don't don't forget we have this possibility for, for help for you. Another thing I found very important is to share your careness and presence with your teammates. For example, when the danger happened in Ukraine, I was every day in contact with the teammates in Ukraine, not related to the word past. No, um, it was more about what is going on, to ask them what to, how are you, to share your possibility to speak with the guy, maybe even sometimes to let them discuss their topics, which is not related to the danger, but maybe something obviously like all around. So this is also kind of helpful. It's work. I believe it's part of the management work, not only concentrated on the task, but sometimes to be present for the teammates. Really good point. And uh, another really good question as well. And, and great points from everyone. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Sasha. And hopefully, you know, the bits of advice from everyone there has really uh, resonated with some people and, and can help a lot. Um, we'll move on to our, our very last question then, which uh, will come from yourself, Alex. So uh, take it away. Yes. Um, let me open the question. So um, I guess this is kind of like a combination of um, everything we've talked about here. Um, it's about unexpected changes. It's about unexpected things happening outside the studio, but also inside the studio, dealing with this new dogma of working from home remotely, partially remotely, um, and, and not really being in a position of knowing what's what's going to be the next step, what's what's going to be the next impact. Um, and of course, this is despite all measures of mental health and taking care of your team, this somehow sooner or later will affect your team. And um, I, I was wondering if you guys in your team um, have people that have suddenly declined in performance or just in kindness with uh, being around other people um, or if there was any other drastic changes within your teams or individuals and how you dealt with those changes or with those radical new employees if you will yeah really good question obviously with all these external uh, things coming in like we've talked about and these stresses it's you know no sh no surprise that that performance would eventually drop so really good question Alex how do you pick that back up how do you deal with that um, Craig let, let's hear from you cool so it's a it's a really tricky one this because i feel like when it comes to situations with individuals obviously we've spoke about many of them already haven't we like all the different contexts that could create 
a difficult situation with a team member and and a drop in their performance, a drop in their productivity, um, you know, and, and, and things like that. I think from my side, uh, much, much like we've discussed, I, I always try and take an empathetic approach with things like this. I, I think always looking at the bigger picture and trying to understand the team member themselves and where they've come from, what the prior kind of experience was working within the team, like what we're used to in regards to the way that they act and so on. And then when you start to see, you know, change in this, I think it's about starting, like, like I said before, starting with why kind of thing, like trying to understand why has this change happened, you know, um, and there's a few different scenarios with things like that that I've dealt with in the past. There could be a situation happening at home, of course. There could be a situation happening in the world right now. Um, but I always like to, uh, it's, it feels like we were all kind of on the same page with this, which is really nice. I think having a very open um, and collaborative team, or rather open and inclusive spaces for those team members to talk honestly with leadership is really, really vital to getting a well-oiled and trusting team. Alex, there was a big talk of trust um, a lot, and you need trust to make games. And I think this really helps a situation like this. Now, that there are always going to be situations, I guess, when... And I, I always hate seeing this where like, you know, team members are on like performance plans, for example, and, and, and things like that. But I think taking a step back first before getting to those situations to understand the root cause of these things and help navigate through it, you know, help kind of, I don't know, massage the wheels a little bit to, to get things moving and to get the right people involved. HR departments, you know, um, a, a lot of talk of like you know mental health uh, kind of advocates within the teams and things like that. Just about finding problems and seeing if we can resolve them as a team i think my side at least not really good points um sasha i'll come back to you and and obviously on alex's question around you know drops in performance due to outside stresses and whatnot you know how, how do you then pick the team back up yeah thank you for this question actually i have a very good example of what what was happened in my team recently um in the beginning of the year our gaming announced closing of two offices like not only two but two regions was closed russian belarus offices in these regions was closed um at the same time our gaming suggested and uh, supported this relocation um employees to the different offices to vilnius to belgrade to prague so a lot of guys in my team as well was relocated and some of them already finished this process, some of them already inside of this process, but probably everyone of us know that relocation by themselves is like a long process which takes a lot of time and also personal time. I remember myself when I moved to Berlin, it's so many challenges, even like a simple to find accommodation, to find a doctor, to find the new friends. <laughs> so it's it's all, tough, I agree. Yes. <laughs> It's all pretty uh, energy consuming. And as already mentioned, to be to have this empathy and to give the old teammates this time to settle their life and step by step productivity will come back. So I believe we just be we just should be more agile in our targets in this moment. We should agile and to change our goals probably. But give this time to the people to breathe, to take their time, to maybe settle to the new place. And then already when everyone is safe and everyone is feeling uh, stable in their like, future, we can come back to productivity. Really good points. Um, Bastian, let's, let's hear from you lastly. Yeah. Um, so what Craig said before is like asking about the why, right? So I, I will not just repeat that, but I think it's important to first understand what the situation is, right? I think that's the start of any dialogue and I feel um, that is also maybe sometimes what gets lost when you're like on a schedule right like I feel like it's so easy to run into this trap um, so stop ask and another important part I feel um, and that's also a tool is like letting someone know how you perceive the situation right now and how you perceive whatever they do impact their work experience right so I'm not only talking about things that like, come from the outside right so drastic things but it might be all kinds of things right change that happens but i feel oftentimes that's important also for the person to get like a point of reflection and like that's not the end right it's like i always keep saying to people hey look this is my perception please challenge it right i want to hear from you how what what you think about this but this is what i'm seeing right now um and so i think that is also very important because that gets people to think right and from there on out I think it's also very easy to say, hey, look, what is it you need to change that? Like, 
can we help somehow? Can I help somehow? Can we as a group help somehow? And then, yeah, you can employ those people around you. You have maybe a great HR partner that you can bring in to help. Do you maybe need someone external um, that, that you can afford to bring in to help? So I, I think all of these, like they start by asking, but it's, I feel it's also reflecting back to someone like, hey, what you're doing right now, like this is the effect it has on me, for example, or this is what I'm seeing. Um, and I think there's, there's, there's good ways in also bringing that to someone so it actually maybe unlocks also something for them in the conversation. Mm. Um, but of course, it also gets tough at some point, right? It's like, I feel like you should always, you should always resort to these first. You should try everything in your power uh, to do that. But yeah, sometimes all of this doesn't help, right? And I feel like that those are the like the worst moments that you can have as like a, as a professional, as a, as a person working with other people, right? Um and I mean, I, I luckily never been in this situation really where uh, I felt like, okay, I need to sit in those uncomfortable situations where you feel like, okay, now we're having this, this talk about letting someone go. Um, but, but sometimes it's also like, I think it's a consideration when, when everything has been tried, it's like, Hey, is this the best maybe also for people, right. To say, Hey, it might be healthier when we part ways here because we can't get this to work anymore. And that's like, I think really, really tough. And it's the, the, the last, last resort. And, um, before that, there stems all these other things and understanding what's actually going on and is there mm. anything in our means to help? Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Alex, uh, just to come back to you, obviously to give you the opportunity to, to come back after it was your question. Anything to add on that or after hearing, obviously, from everybody else? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, it's a it, really good points from everyone. Really good question. Uh, well, really good questions from everyone as well, I suppose. that That's our final question. Well, not quite, because thinking of, uh, of unexpected, I'm going to throw a little random question in for you all uh, as a nice way to end. And I'm going to ask you, what game recommendation would you suggest for everyone or what's your favourite game that you're playing at the minute? Uh, so I'll give you a quick 30 seconds to, to think about it. But Craig, we're going to come to you first. So come on, what, what are you playing at the minute or what would you recommend for everybody? <sighs> Do you know what? I'm playing Call to the Lamb at the minute. Oh, and I'm I'm bloody loving it. I must admit, <laughs> it's finally my aspirations of being a tyrannical cult leader finally been realised. So yeah, <laughs> definitely recommend it. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Sasha. Uh, are we there? Sorry, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, I just I was thinking about several, but one I definitely can recommend. Oh, it was my first and um, my best experience during the Corona time. I played a lot Just Dance <laughs> because of the. <laughs> um activity it was yeah. really really good combination of playing and make some physical activities <laughs> yeah yeah no it's a great shout um i would need a couple of beers before i tried that but i would uh, i'd be more than up for doing both uh alex let's come to you this is probably going to be the most german answer ever but uh try to get into the beta of menor lords uh it's um it's a medieval building simulation but it's so cool. It's it's down to the ultimate details, and everything takes forever. <laughs> so, but it's it looks gorgeous, and I think it's even just this one person developing this game. So it's insane, but it's beautiful. It's a crazy experience. Oh wow, nice. I'll have to check that out. Uh, and Bastian, I'm gonna go with Vampire Survivors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's like just so quirky and it's so different from everything I'm doing every day. I love it. It's arcade fun. It's for me almost feels infinitely replayable. It's so enjoyable because of these like reward loops that are constantly like making you get a new upgrade and you get like this crazy overpowered builds. You see, I'm getting really excited about this now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, my pick. Amazing, amazing. Four great games uh, and four great questions. And that is the end. That that concludes today's podcast. So I just want to say a quick thank you to Craig, to Sasha, to Bastian and for Alex. Thank you all very much, guys, for participating and, and you know offering some great insight and some great questions. So thank you very much. If anybody else would like to join the Evolution Exchange podcast, we're always looking for new guests and new topics. So please feel free to reach out to me. But until then, we'll see you next time.